Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Covey blue blood flowing through our veins. Sitting in the bleachers in the rain. We've shed a million tears and drank as many old style beers out at the game. Let's go, Cubby Sun Rental. Sun Rental. Sun Rental and the lovable Lucille. Sun Rental. Sun Rental. Sun Rental and the lovable Lucille. So when do you want me to do this San Ranto? Nail it. Okay. So it, how does it go again? It's San just... <laughs> Pretty well, much. I'm not gonna be able to do that. San Ranto. Hey, not bad for a Sox fan. Um, you probably didn't uh, recognize that voice, uh, all you San Ranto listeners, but uh, that is Mr. Josh Nelson of South of the South Side Sox podcast. Which, uh, I mean, if you've been listening to the show for a while, I mean, we've come on, what, two or three times before in the past? And I know I've been on your show before. Yeah. Something like that. Frequent but, visitors. I believe you are a gold member. <laughs> Sweet. What do I get? 20% off of uh, uh, Adam LaRose jerseys? <laughs> I was just going to say that. <laughs> just for you, Danny, I'll make it 25%. <laughs> Well, I, I just want to jump right into this because the, the Cubs and the Sox, we got a big four-game series coming up. Uh, both teams started out really hot this year, and uh, since then, uh, the Sox have, well, they've kind of gone into a downward spiral. And if you want to talk about the Cubs' June swoon being a problem, the White Sox' uh, June and, well, May and June swoon was even worse Uh but um, but before we get into all that, I have um, we have to talk about Edward Saleser hands, your your pitcher Chris Sale, and uh, what just transpired this weekend because it's it's hot news and uh, hot hot takes here on the uh, Sun Ranto show because this news just broke. Uh, if you haven't heard, Chris Sale cut up what was it nineteen seventy seven. 76 jerseys 76 jerseys which are probably i kind of can understand because they i called those the eddie munster because they've yes. got that kind of you know count chocula sort of uh collar around them but uh sale didn't like them uh didn't want to wear the throwbacks so he he cut them up so uh here's a question how much would you pay for the jersey that chris sale cut up Oh, man. I wouldn't put any money on that. You know, some people would, though. Some people would throw $500. If you go to, like, the – I don't know if the Cubs do, but the Chicago White Sox have this type of garage sale once or twice a season for their White Sox charities in which fans could go and they could buy game-used, like, jerseys, equipment. So if you wanted to buy a Chris Sale game-worn jersey, it it goes for, like, $1,000, Danny. 
Wow. So if they take if they take one of those cut up jerseys, oh yeah, they could easily get five hundred. Especially if it was like a Chris Sale cut up jersey, I bet they could get a, a couple thousand. Yeah, that's what I was it. thinking. But he he apparently cut other team members' jerseys as well. Yeah, all of them. <laughs> he cut all the jerseys, even the even the third base coach. I don't know about the coaches, but the players, just to make sure that no one can wear them. Yeah. Wow. That's I mean I've never heard. I mean, I've been a baseball fan a long time. I'm 42 years old. I've been following since I was about eight. I've never heard of anything like this before. I mean, obviously, baseball is full of colorful tales of uh, strange individuals doing odd things. But I've never heard something kind of this. I don't know. Uh, he He's kind of like. The, the ex-girlfriend that, you know, cuts up and uh, all your pictures and then has a big bonfire to to get rid of the memory of you. I mean, what is so poisonous on the White Sox right now that this couldn't have been a conversation, but as opposed to it, he's uh, acting like a 16-year-old girl who just lost her, her prom date? Yeah, Chris Sale has a temper issue, and this isn't the first time. Now, when Chris Sale was starting to get his feet wet, becoming a starting pitcher, because at first when Chris Sale was drafted, he was out of the bullpen. He was a late innings guy. He got some opportunities to close out games. And at first, the organization, especially Kenny Williams, when he was the general manager, now he's Rick Hahn's boss as the executive vice president of baseball operations, a similar title to Theo Epstein. Kenny was worried that Chris Sale's throwing motion would not last long as a starting pitcher. So Chris Sale got really upset. He called Kenny Williams, and they had a heated exchange. So Chris Sale has never been shy to make his voice heard. And it happened again with Adam LaRoche when the whole La Fair LaRoche situation happened. And with Drake. Chris Sale. Yeah, with Drake, his son Drake. Uh, Chris Sale was the one that stood up in the clubhouse and was furious at Kenny Williams about pretty much the White Sox forcing Adam LaRoche to make a decision. Either you give up your son being in the locker room and being with you every day, or you give up the game. And for Chris Sale to destroy a bunch of jerseys because he doesn't like them, that is a childish behavior, and I am not going to defend that. But I understand where Chris Sale's frustration is coming from because it is almost on the hour of every hour that people in baseball are talking about trade rumors surrounding Chris Sale. And with those rumors, in combination of the great fall the White Sox have had to go from 23 and 10 to 48 and 50, that is, they've only won. They've gone 25 and 40 in right. the last 65 games. That's one of the worst in all of Major League Baseball. I think only the Cincinnati Reds have been worse during that time frame. That he just blew up. He's a powder keg, Danny. That's just how his temper is. He blew up and he did something really stupid. And for the Cubs fans wondering if they're going to see Chris Sale, he was suspended for five days starting on Saturday. So the next time he is available will be Thursday. And I would probably guess that he will pitch that Thursday game. Yeah, that's but, my guess versus John Lackey, it looks like. Most likely. Yeah, so if, Neither a starter is announced yet, but that's how I think it's probably going to lay out. 
So it's, he, just, it's a really crazy situation. It really is. I've never heard of anything I, so so crazy. It's exactly the word for it. It's just insane. Um, now, here's yeah. a question, though, about Sale. I mean, is it personal with Kenny Williams, or do you think that it's uh, that he, let's say he got traded to the Dodgers or something mm-hmm. like that. Now, is he going to have a similar experience over there? Uh, or is this who he, his makeup is as a person? I mean, I know it's hard to kind of, you don't know him personally, but, uh, you know, is this going to transfer to other teams? Is this going to make other teams scared of taking Chris Sale and, and giving you guys some future in return? I don't know if it's going to scare teams away. I think a lot of people in baseball, Danny, look at the Chicago White Sox and think that is a dysfunctional franchise right now. And they've been thinking that probably since the Adam LaRoche saga, that there's just something not right going on in that clubhouse. And I guess I will stand up for Chris Sale that that I have to because every single team in Major League Baseball would love to have Chris Sale. Sure. But any team that trades for Chris Sale is going to get a hyper-competitive, passionate starting pitcher who's probably the second best left-handed starter in the game of baseball, and he just wants to pitch in big games. And I think, Danny, right now Chris Sale is furious at the front office for the White Sox, not doing what it takes to build a winning team. And honestly, so are fans. So as a fan of the Chicago White Sox, again, stupid childish behavior to destroy a bunch of baseball jerseys. I mean, come on, who does that? But if he got up in his soapbox and he screamed at the front office or he lashed out at them when speaking to the media, I get that. I I understand where his frustration is coming from. So maybe a change of scenery would work best. I I don't think it would work best for the White Sox because he's the best player on the team. (laughs) Right. But I think think for Chris Sale, it may work out best. And if he were to go to the Dodgers, he may be excited and we may see him hit another level to help another team. Uh, now, uh, obviously, you'd want a lot in return for Chris Sale, and and uh, you would pretty much. Do you think do you have any chance of catching the Indians this year? Absolutely, the, the White not. Sox. Yeah, it's it's not looking too promising. I'd say. I mean, the White Sox right now, uh, as you said, are twenty five and forty after a twenty three and ten start. Total is what two games under five hundred, which is good for fourth place. Eight and a half games back. Now, to me, like eight and a half games back. Now, granted, you've got to jump over a couple other teams, too, but it doesn't seem like a total loss cause. But maybe that's the Cub fan in me talking. <laughs> if you if you are 500 almost uh, it's a little around the all star break, you still have a shot at maybe a wild card. I mean, uh, I guess the three and seven start in the last 10 hasn't been too helpful. Um, what exactly happened there? I, I kind of saw that you got swept by the Mariners. Um and then uh, you, you just finished a, a split. And by the way, congratulations on walking off twice in the same day today. Yeah, on Sun- Adam Eaton had a big day. Adam yeah. Eaton had a big day. In the suspended game and then the actual game. Uh, walked up, walked it off twice, split the series with the Tigers. And then uh, who'd you play right before this? It was the... Um, so they got swept by the Angels. Angels. They- oh, swept by the Angels. To it, and then lost 2-3 to Seattle. That's what it was, right? Yeah, and in that Seattle series, the Mariners never had the lead. They won both games on a walk-off, come-from-behind fashion, in which David Robertson blew a spectacular start by Chris Sale. Chris Sale's last start was fantastic. 
That was that one hit. Uh, yeah. yeah, I think one hitter, right? And then yeah. eight innings, one hit. Yeah, and then four runs in the the ninth inning, and the White Sox lose. Ooh, that's and, brutal. Uh, that's brutal, and, man. And the third game, they're up four nothing, and the bullpen once again could not hold the lead, and the Mariners walk it off in extra innings. Uh, so this has not been a very good start, and. Honestly, after the Seattle series, that was it, Danny. That was the crushing blow in which that the whatever hopes that you had as a White Sox fan of them making the postseason is over. And it didn't help that the White Sox lost the first two games against the Tigers. As a matter of fact, Danny, the White Sox are still closer to having a protected pick in the MLB draft, which for the baseball fans that are listening to the show, if you don't know what that means, that means that's a top 10 pick. Than they are to the wild card. Yeah. So it's like, which direction do you want to go? Do you want the White Sox to tank the rest of the year and have the best draft pick and get more draft pool money for next year? Or do you want them to go for it? And I think the vast majority of White Sox fans are not delusional. If this team starts winning again, great. We'd be happy. But I don't think any White Sox fan at this moment believes this team is going to catch not just the Indians in the division, but they're not going to catch the Astros. They're not going to catch the Blue Jays. They're not going to catch the Red Sox or the Orioles, no matter how that shakes out in the American League East. Right. So at this moment, they're probably better off selling some pieces to add some more players to the youth. And I think there are two doors the White Sox can go. You can go – Let's sell off some pieces, like let's say closer David Robertson, who's still good. He's not great, but he's still very good, and you can get a couple of players for him in return as far as prospects. And then try to reload and go for it again in 2017. Or door B is we just need to burn it all down and rebuild again. And when you have these two doors in front of you and the face of the franchise, Chris Sale, cuts up a bunch of jerseys (laughs) – yeah. That makes that decision, I don't know if it's tougher, but more crucial because the White Sox need to go in a direction. And right now, I just think they're wandering around and not in a clear path. And they need to figure out what they need to do because this season's done, but they need to have a plan in the future before this fan base is really gets fed up and they really start not showing up whatsoever. Now, do you trust uh, Kenny Williams and Rick Hahn to make the trades with the trading piece? I've already mentioned sale. Who else would be a trading piece? And if you were to trade some of the pieces that you could see being expendable on the Sox right now, that wouldn't uh, mortgage the future that you have with the current roster. Uh, do you trust Kenny Williams and, and uh, Rick Hahn to make those trades and, and, uh, I don't know. Are they good at making trades? I mean, uh, we saw the kind of James Shields situation kind of blow up in their face. Um, do you trust yeah. them? No. No, not selling. I don't. Uh, the adding, I can understand. James Shields has pitched a lot better since he first started. His first four starts, he just blown up. It, teams are still hitting him really, really hard, but he's actually done a pretty decent job to get out of jams and – He's looking a lot better uh, as of late. Uh, I, I still think the Cubs are going to crush him, but he has looked better than his first starts with the White Sox were just disastrous. And he'll be starting, I believe, on Tuesday uh, against yeah. the that that matchup will be Kyle Hendricks uh, versus James Shields. And yeah, I did see he's been better lately. Only uh, seven runs given up in the last in July, 
in 27 and two-thirds innings versus 25 earned runs in 20.1 innings in June. So, he, he, I mean, that's that's huge. I mean, he really did turn it around. And uh, last time, I guess he lost to Detroit, but it was a two-to-one loss and just gave up two solo shots. Am I am I right about this? Yeah, he's getting the uh, hose issue. He's, getting, uh, he's not getting enough run support in his starts. But to go back to your question, who are some of the other players the White Sox are yeah. about trading? Uh, Chris Sale... And Jose Quintana, mm-hmm. uh, I think I think Boston and the te- Boston Red Sox and the Texas Rangers, if they can't get Chris Sale, they're going to go after Jose Quintana, and that would break my heart because Jose Quintana is pitching really well as of late. He was fantastic again today for the White Sox. Uh, of course, they they blew the wind for him, so he picked up another no decision. Uh, but he's definitely available. Uh, Zach Duke, if you're looking for a left-handed bullpen piece, which every team is looking for that's in uh, the playoff race, he's somebody else that the White Sox can move. Yeah, we'll take him. Uh, Nobody we've gotten has really worked out over on the left side. Well, Mike Montgomery, he could be the guy from Seattle that you just acquired. We're all all hopeful, but he came in and in his first outing as a Cub gave up a three-run homer. (laughs) <laughs> a six to one loss, so it wasn't it wasn't the most um, you know stellar debut, but uh, we'll we'll <laughs> no, get that's not. <laughs> we all, we all want Vogelbach Vogelback <laughs> is what is what we've been saying, but yeah, I mean uh, Quintana's actually you know obviously an excellent pitcher, one of the top pitchers in mm-hmm. baseball really with a one point one WHIP and an ERA under three, um, yep. and a left handed. Uh, pitcher too so I mean I would argue he's having a better year than Chris Sale Okay, I would actually argue Jose Quintana has been the best pitcher in Chicago this season he's been better than Arietta and he's been better than Sale the reason why he doesn't get the hype is that he does not get the run support for whatever reason oh, tough the White luck. Sox just coll- collapse yeah it, it's ridiculous last time I looked uh, if Jose Quintana had the run support that Jake Arrieta and Chris Sale gets. The White Sox average more than five runs a game when Chris Sale starts. This is a very bad off. I shouldn't say very bad off. It's a below average offense. And for them to really pick it up for Chris Sale starts is kind of interesting. But if Jose Quintana had that type of run support, he would be 14 and four on the year, not eight and eight. Right, and the 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 narrative changes. If you're 14 and four with a below three ERA, the words Cy Young contender are next to you. But right. that's, that's not the case for Katana this year. Doesn't have the uh, wins. Yeah, um, he's having a better season. He's not a better pitcher than Jake Arrieta. I do want to upset Cubs fans. I'm just saying I think he's having a better season than Arietta. Because uh, we knew Arietta had uh, some recent struggles that kind of impacted his season numbers. Yeah, uh, uh, Arietta is still the, probably the best pitcher in Chicago, uh, followed by Sale and Katana. Yeah, well, even for a while there, it looked like John Lester was having a better year than Jake Arietta because <clears throat> I don't know. He obviously the the Jake Arietta is not going to be able to maintain the ridiculous prowess that he had from the end of last year through the beginning of this year. Um, you know, he had a bad month and, uh, it, it's, it's funny, man. Cubs fans, they're proclaiming every day. Jake Arietta pitches. It's like a national holiday, Jake Arietta day. And, uh, and th- people actually say this, like lots of people are calling it Jake Arietta day. Like it's Christmas every freaking five days. And um, mm-hmm. obviously those expectations are delusional, which is you very well know that Cub fans tend to be. 
So, uh, but, uh, but yeah, nobody proclaimed a Jose Quintana day just because uh, I no. guess he's just not on the radar <laughs> with the Aiden Aiden. No. It, it kind of reminds me of kind of what Kyle Hendricks has been quietly doing this year on the north side. Um, having a, just a really kind of breakout year with, you know, he doesn't throw real hard, but he's hits his spots, changes speeds really well. Um, you know, uh, and he's also, I think eight and eight as well or something like that. I mean, similar kind of situation where he hasn't gotten the run support this year. So, uh, yeah, any, or he's nine and six actually, but, um, but, uh, yeah. So, uh, who else do you think the Sox could trade? Any, you know, any hitters? I mean, Milky Cabrera's having a nice year, I noticed. Yeah, I mean, that's it's feasible. They're just there's not a lot of smoke around their names. Morneau. I think when it yeah, that would be interesting. Morneau yeah, he's having a good start for the White Sox. I kind of feel for the guy because when he signed the deal, it was probably under the stipulation of, hey, we're contending. He probably wanted to sign with a team that was contending for the postseason, and at the time that he signed with the White Sox, they most definitely were uh, before the, the meltdown. Uh, so I kind of feel for the guy. So he would be a cheap rental. If some team needed a left-handed bat, like a National League team that needed a left-handed bat off the bench, he wouldn't cost much. Maybe a player that's in your advanced A minor leagues for Justin Morneau because uh, the White Sox only signed him to a million dollars. In reality, that million-dollar bet on Justin Morneau is probably to protect Morneau, the White Sox, from another team in their division, maybe like the Indians signing Justin Morneau. Gotcha. Uh, so that's why the White Sox signed Morneau. But as far as hitters, I mean, if a team wanted to get Melky Cabrera, sure, he's got another year on his deal. If a team wanted to get Todd Frazier, sure, he would be available. Uh, he's got another year. Uh, on his deal. I just think teams are kind of scared of White Sox hitters at the moment. And when people talk about the White Sox as far as trades, it, it's, it is about the pitchers. It is about Chris Sale. It's about Jose Quintana. It's about David Robertson. And it's about Zach Duke. And Sale and Quintana are the best starting pitchers that are available in the trade market. It's just, do you want to pay that price? How much does your odds of trying to make to the world series and win a championship, how much does that cost you and how much are you willing to pay for that opportunity? Cause Chris Saylor, Jose Quintana would, would increase those odds for you. Yeah. And, and obviously you'd want to get younger. You, I mean, you look kind of up and down the white Sox lineup and there's some age there, you know, the, a lot of these guys yeah. have been around a while. Uh, I mean, wh- what do you look at? What, uh, what needs do you think that you could use, like it, you know, to soup up the minor leagues? And how does the White Sox minor league system look right now? It's getting better, but it's still a year or two away from really making an impact. Uh, the I believe the rumors are true, and the rumors are if you want Chris Sale, it requires your top five prospects. So Cubs fans that <laughs> always kick the tires and try to create a Chris Sale deal. Take the top five prospects from MLBpipeline.com or from Baseball America. Those are the five players that are going to be required by the White Sox to get Chris Sale. There are a lot of baseball fans that are like, there's absolutely no way I would do that. But then you have to sit back and think really hard on the fact of, but it's Chris Sale. You could be right. adding a top 10 pitcher to our rotation. So that's why like with the Texas Rangers, like they're kind of 
I don't know what games the Texas Rangers have been playing. They have been the most rumored team about Chris Sale. And I don't think they want to meet that asking price for Chris Sale. But I, if I'm – from my point of view, I look at the Texas Rangers and it's like, uh, hello, have you looked at the standings? The Houston Astros are on fire. Yeah, they're on if your you tail. Do not, if you don't pull the trigger, all of a sudden you could be not be going to the playoffs. You, you could blow it all. Like, you need to make a move. The Texas Rangers are most definitely a team that needs to fork over their top talent to get Chris Sale, or they're not going to make the postseason. I mean, that's just a fact. Yeah, this Ast- could crumble. Astros only two and a half back right now. And uh, I heard, uh, did did Prince, is Prince Fielder, so he got injured? Yeah, and that could be not only season ending for him because it's a vertebrae injury, but it could be career ending. Wow. That's uh, really so that's sad. Scary. Yeah, that's um, but that... but the same thing with the Boston Red Sox. It's like, hey, I hear Big Poppy's retiring. Wouldn't it be nice to send him off with a championship? Yeah, you have this amazing offense, but David Price hasn't been pitching really well. And after David Price, there's no one that scares you in the starting rotation. Right. And then with the Dodgers, you'd be like, hey, I hear Clayton Kershaw <laughs> may miss the rest of the year. So if, if you're Rick Hahn of the Chicago White Sox, you should be getting the top five prospects because they just listed off three teams that right now be making the postseason. But you can use that fear angle of, listen, if you're not willing to pay the price, you are going to pay the price one way or another. And you are going to be behind somebody else within your league and you're going to watch them win the pennant or even win the World Series when you knew you had the opportunity in acquiring a player that could put you over the hump. So what's it going to be? Are you going to fork over your top five prospects or am I sending sales somewhere else? Give me all your prospects. <laughs> That's, it, yeah, and pretty much. Not, and with, with those teams, those would probably be the top five prospects in the White Sox farm system. And then all of a sudden the White Sox get like that adrenaline boost to their farm system. And then all of a sudden it's like, okay, we see it. There is somewhat of a future, kind of like how Cubs fans are right now. Or the, if they were around two years ago, uh, I know you were most definitely, Danny, but for all the Cubs fans that suffered 2013, you knew the future, though. It was so exciting to look at the Cubs farm system and be like, this is the last bad year because it's going to get better and it's going to get a lot better real quick. And right now the White Sox don't have that. So if they do move Chris Sale, I think they can have that. Uh, it's just parting away, though your best player on the team, and you're which, probably that's hard. And you're probably selling off at least a year, if not two years, as well. At that Chris point, Chris Sale's contract, yeah, oh yeah, you're going to be bad. You're going to be bad until 2019, at least, right? Now, and you'd, you'd be willing to do that, yeah, because I don't see this team being better in 2017, Danny. And that's the issue. Even if you look at 2018, the White Sox only have 17 players under contract and 10 of them are in their arbitration years. And I would say four of those 10 are not worth a damn. So I don't even know who's playing for the White Sox in 2018. There's not much of a future right now for the White Sox. Right, so you might as well provide yourself with uh, the depth down in uh, double and triple A and know, have the same feeling that Cubs fans had in 2013 and 14 when you knew you had drafted the guys and all, all it was going to take was a few uh, years of seasoning and they'd be up. So, And, and um, yeah, that sounds like the way that a lot of teams approach things now. Uh, so you're looking for kind of a like, – so what you're saying is you wouldn't mind the Sox blowing it up. 
No, I I would choose door B. I I would choose door B. I would try to find a way to move Chris Sale and Jose Katana. If the price is right, if not, I guess you can wait until November, but this is the highest value that they're going to have is right now in the present and rebuild for 2019-2020. The White Sox television contract expires in 2019. So does the Cubs and the Cubs may have a new cable network. uh, So that will change things television dollars wise. Uh, but the White Sox have to be conscious of that because you definitely want fans to watch you on TV so you get the best TV deal possible because it's going to be for another decade or two. It could be a 20-year new deal to the White Sox <laughs> right. sign for television. Uh, but you need to be good or exciting enough that people want to watch you on television. Well, well, I think with the White Sox fans, if they just had a direction – if if Rick Hahn had that moment like Theo Epstein did when he joined the Cubs and told everybody and laid the goals down that we're not going to be good. We're not going to be good right away, but we will be. Please be patient. And for the Cubs fans that were patient during that time, man, you are enjoying the payoff. For those that were angry and didn't bother watching the Cubs and now you're joining back on the bandwagon, uh, I guess welcome to the Cubs fan bandwagon. But I know, Danny, you suffered through that time, and I am happy for Cubs fans like you that had to watch every single day really bad baseball, but now you're seeing perhaps the best team in all Major League Baseball playing right now. Yeah, it's a lot more fun, but it's also a lot more expensive. So, I mean, I mean, I was I was paying about, you know, I paid 75 cents for a ticket a uh, couple times uh, on, 100, on the 100 loss seasons. And now, you know, you can it's a Tuesday game and you're paying 50 bucks. You know, so I'm I'm not too happy about that. But if uh, if I got to catch a few less games so the Cubs are good, I, I'll take it, you know. Um, so let can we get into uh, some of these matchups uh, about that we're going to see this week? Yeah, it's uh, not very favorable for the White Sox, but go right ahead. <laughs> well, on g- game one, we got Arietta versus Miguel Gonzalez. Um, it's draw it's draw sp- string backpack night. For the first yeah. 10,000 fans. Um, can you tell us a little bit about these backpacks? No, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, can you? And uh, John, I don't even know how to say it. John Rezeznik of the Goo Goo Dolls is singing the national anthem. I'm, it, and Paul Kernert goes to run out the first pitch. Yeah, I saw that. It, now, is this where we've come to to get people through the gates? Having the lead uh, singer of the Goo Goo Dolls be, uh, I mean, usually you don't know who's going to sing the national anthem when you show up at the ballpark, but they're like, hey, maybe if people know the Goo Goo Dolls guy is going to sing one song that you've heard a million times, even though he's from Buffalo, New York, <laughs> you know, like, is, is that the uh, the angle here? But no, I'm just kidding. Uh, we know about Jake Arrieta. He's got a 260 ERA. He's 12-4. Miguel Gonzalez is 2-5, and 441. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about uh, Miguel Gonzalez? And he's a 32 year old righty. I don't know him. He used to pitch for the Baltimore Orioles. And for Miguel Gonzalez, he has been pitching very well. He was cut by the Orioles, which was interesting because Baltimore needed starting pitching. And since the White Sox got him, I mean, he's had shaky outings and he can have a shaking outing once in a great while. But this is a guy that. I think White Sox fans are starting to trust him a little bit more and even the organization as well. And by trust, I mean he's going to probably go six, maybe even seven innings 
and give up two to three runs. He, he's been very good as of late as far as getting quality starts. Again, what's biting him is not getting run support, uh, which you're going to find is to be a common theme mm-hmm. for these pitching matchups. And in this opening game, there's no doubt in my mind that I think the Cubs are going to win with Jake Garriott on the mound against Miguel, Miguel Gonzalez. Uh, but Miguel Gonzalez may impress Cubs fans in the sense of, wow, I wasn't expecting the Cubs to struggle this much offensively against Miguel Gonzalez. He'll keep the White Sox in the game, but again, the White Sox have to score off Arietta, and in the past that has been a very arduous task for the White Sox against Jake Arietta. Arietta's owned the White Sox. Well, and last time out against the Mets, um, he he only gave up one run on uh, five hits in seven innings, and he ended up losing that game actually uh, two to one. Uh, but he did have eight uh, strikeouts and only one walk, so that's something a lot of Cub fans were looking at because his walk totals were a little higher. I don't know if his, hey, I it, the ball wasn't breaking right for him for a month. You know, so uh, he wasn't locating and he was walking sometimes as many as five a game. So it it looks like after the break, a lot of people were looking, uh, you know, Arietta did not pitch till the fourth game of um, after the All-Star break. So they gave him a little extra time and Kyle Hendricks was the first pitcher out of the gate. And it looks like it's done well for him. Uh, yeah, as far as Miguel Gonzalez goes, obviously the only guys on the Cubs that really have with a lot of AL experience that with a lot of at-bats versus him are Zobrist and David Ross. But neither one of them have hit him particularly well, uh, except for each one of them has a home run off of him. So I'm interested to see him. I'm actually going to this game tomorrow. Are, are you going to any of these? I am not. I am not going to the games. The tickets were ridiculous. They they are. They are. Um I think I paid sixty bucks. So and you're probably in the last row. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's not a good seat. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> but th- that's where yeah. you do your magical seat upgrade. Um, game two, we have Kyle Hendricks, uh, who's nine and six with a two twenty seven versus James Shields, who's two and five now with a six ERA. Which I know you'll take that over what it started out as. Um, and we just discussed Shields. He's been he's been a heck of a lot better lately. Only seven runs in the last twenty-seven and two-thirds innings. Uh, so what happened with Shields? Like he he comes to the he you got him from the Padres, right? Yep. And then and then he just and he sucked in his last uh, outing for the Padres, and then he and then he continued to suck for the entire next month. What? Yep. What? I mean, what exactly? Why did you go and get James Shields in the first place? And uh, what is? Was he the guy that was supposed to shore up the pitching and made it make it unstoppable, and then it just fell through, or was is he hurt? Like, what's the deal with him? Well, he's not hurt. He just so Matt Latos became a pumpkin. And <laughs> he kind of does look like a pumpkin, and a big tattooed pumpkin. And you couldn't trust him anymore. He, he, Matt Latos got really bad, really, really bad. So the idea was to bring on James Shields from the San Diego, San Diego Padres to just eat innings and be that trusted three or fourth starter the White Sox need because Carlos Rodon has been struggling in his sophomore year. He's having a bit of a sophomore slump. But I think what's been the difference is that with his first starts with the White Sox, he was not commanding anything. He was walking batters, and when he was living in the strike zone, it was right down the middle of the plate, and he was getting crushed. 
He's still giving up home runs. And I feel like the Tuesday start, which is going to be on national television on ESPN. So, woo! <laughs> this this will remind me of last year's Jeff Samarja start against the Cubs, in which the Cubs were just hitting home runs and getting a bunch of extra base hits off Jeff Samarja in that game. And Samarja could not – he didn't have any command whatsoever. That can happen in this game. This is a scary matchup for White Sox fans because – Despite James Shields pitching better, he's still giving up home runs in his last start, uh, which was shortened by rain. Uh, he pitched very well until he gave up two solo shots to Ian Kinsler and Miguel Cabrera, and boom, he loses the game. So in the combination of not getting run support and also being very home run happy, and with it still being warm at U.S. Cellular Field, I think this is a game where the Cubs could hit three or four home runs off James Shields, and it could be a laugher. Well, he doesn't walk a lot of guys, and uh, the the Cubs do like to take their walks. So, uh, I mean, you you I guess he was for when he first came to you guys, but he only had one walk to this last month. He has seven total walks in four different starts. So, he is seems like his command's better. So, I mean, maybe yes, you're just re- remembering old James Shields from you know back in the day in June, <laughs> back when he was horrible, but. Um, yeah, and Kyle Hendricks has been great this year for us. I don't know if, if he's really on uh, White Sox fans' radar, but the, uh, he hasn't given up any runs in a while. Uh, it's been it's been kind of exciting. It's, it's here's a guy. He's 26 years old. He's really kind of arrived this year. They call him the Professor. Uh, yeah, he hasn't given up a single earned run in over 20 innings. And so he's quietly just having a really wonderful season. Uh, he's our number five. You know, so it's uh, nice to have a number five that doesn't give up any runs. <laughs> That's pretty rare, I think. Uh, he beat the Mets last time out. No runs, seven hits, and only one walk, and had seven Ks. Um, and the White Sox haven't seen much of him. Uh, I just saw that uh, Morneau is three for six against him, and Adam Eaton, uh, he has a dong. He has a dong against him. Uh, James Shields... Uh, I'm trying to see what he did last time. Oh, it was the two solo shots and the two and one loss? Yes. Uh, cool. And then game three. Now, here's a guy that maybe some Cub fans. Are we going to see Jacob Turner? on? He's the announced starter on, uh, what, Wednesday? Yes. Uh, he, he had a cup of coffee with the Cubs in, like, 2013 or 14. And um, he started six games and sucked. He had an ERA of 649, and he missed all of 2015, and now he's on the White Sox, and he's only, what, played two games with you guys? And they didn't go very well. Uh, right. He's not, he's not very good. Yeah. So, this is, so you're starting to see a theme here where it's like for Cubs fans, if you're drooling about the possibility of sweeping the White Sox, yeah, because Jacob Turner's not very good, and maybe Chris Sale pitches on Thursday. And that would be the only game the White Sox have a shot against the Cubs, pitching-wise, and that game's at Wrigley Field. So, and yeah, you miss out on Jose Gatana and Carlos Rodon's having a rehab start in Charlotte, so he may be joining the team next weekend as the White Sox head to Minneapolis. Okay. But yeah, with Jacob Turner, he, he's just not very good, period. Yeah, I mean, he, he went three and a third, gave up four runs and four walks versus Detroit, and then he went four innings. Was- yeah, that was better than he pitched in Anaheim. Yeah, which where he in four innings he gave up eight runs, two home runs, and three walks against the Angels. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we saw him a, a, a few years back, and uh, 
I I I mean I I don't really remember him all that much, <laughs> and uh, then I looked at his numbers and saw that he had a six forty nine ERA that year and only started six games and uh, pretty much. Uh, now why was he gone in twenty fifteen? Was he injured or? Yeah, injury. All right. Was he's it? Been, a t- he's been very injured. He's been a very injured pitcher over the years where he's just missed seasons. Yeah. And now he's going up against Jason Hamill, um, who's nine and five with a three thirty-five. Um, what did uh, Jason Hamill do last time out? That was uh, Friday night against the uh, the Brewers, in which he he beat them. So I don't have his number up here for some reason. I forgot. My notes are incomplete, Josh. See, this is why I need a professional like you on the Sunranto show to get me to <laughs> to get me to up my game and remember to have Jason Hamill's stats written down from his last game he pitched. But he, be, he beat the Brewers and they only scored one run, so he must have done well. <laughs> uh, game four. Now this this is an interesting game to me because it, it's likely going to be Edward Sales or Hands, uh, Chris Sale, and his uh, new fashion fashion line of uh, retro jerseys. <laughs> he's, a, he's an excellent pitcher. He's 14 and three with a 318, a 1.01 whip. One of the top 10 pitchers in baseball. It, I think you could, goes without saying. Um, uh, he's going up against John Lackey, who's seven and seven with a 379. Now, can you imagine? Now, these are two competitive, competitive pitchers who are kind of assholes. I mean, both of them. I mean, both of them are freaking pricks. They yell, they scream on the mound. Like, John Lackey, every time the... I mean, they have to, I think, blur out his mouth every time they show him just because he's always going, fucking shit, fuck, bah. He barks at the umpires. He, you know, he's not a nice person. And neither does Chris Sale seem to be. Um, How many innings until this whole thing breaks into a, as the Irish would call it, a Donnybrook? Which is a an all out melee, uh, uh, fist uh, fist flinging fight. See, I don't know if that will come to that. It would require John Lackey to maybe hit a couple White Sox batters, and then Chris Sale throwing like a ninety eight mile per hour fastball behind Chris Bryant, <laughs> and then maybe maybe the benches will clear because the White Sox are not like the biggest fans of purposely hitting. Uh, hitters, they their new strategy is throwing behind the batters, and the idea behind that is one: I didn't hit you, so it's just a ball, and you're not going on base. Two, it causes both teams to get a warning, which if you are going to your Donnie Book or Brook, as yeah. you're mentioning, fisticuffs between the two teams. If John Lackey were to hit, let's say, Jose Abreu, oh, yeah, Chris uh, Chris Sale is going after Chris Bryant. Uh, and, and he'll probably throw a 98-mile-per-hour fastball behind Chris <laughs> Bryant. The benches will clear, and both teams will get a warning. Joe Madden will not be happy because that means the next time a Cubs pitcher hits a White Sox hitter, they're ejected from the game. So, yeah, I, I don't know. We'll see fisticuffs, but – I am interested to see how Chris Sale would react because if he's going to try to channel his frustrations and angers on the mound, that could go really well for the White Sox or it could go really poorly. Yeah, and uh, 
he might as well, by the way, just pitch to Bryant because uh, Chris Bryant has six at-bats against him and six strikeouts. <laughs> but don't forget about the home run in the All-Star game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There, and then there's that, but maybe that's the one he gets per decade. <laughs> We're not sure. Um, <laughs> well, nobody's. We actually haven't seen Sale all that much because of the two different leagues, and Rizzo's two for five against him. But um, the last time, I, I mean, see, Sale, the, his last couple of outings haven't been, I mean, there was the, the, the you know, the one-hit game. That the last time he was out, but before that, uh, there was that game in Atlanta, which I mean, this shocked yeah. me when I looked at it. it or I, I don't know if Atlanta was here or you guys were in Atlanta, but it was uh, eight runs in five innings, and he gave up three home runs to a team that just does not hit home runs. <laughs> they, they're the last. Yeah. It was that's what happened. Well, Chris Sale's not throwing as hard as he was last year. Uh, Chris Sale has been living with his fastball between 91 and 94 miles per hour. He's doing that because it thinks it allows him to go deeper into games. The fact is it's not. And I think the other part is maybe he's trying to save wear and tear in his arm and try to be a smarter pitcher. But the problem was he's really just relying on a 91 to 94 mile per hour fastball and a slider that is hardly ever a strike. So he was great for his first nine starts because it threw everybody off. It threw hitters off knowing, hey, I'm expecting a 97 to 98 mile per hour fastball, and it's not there. And what has happened for Chris Sale since because he had nine great starts and he had nine, let's call mediocre starts. But what he has rediscovered is he needs to throw the change up more. So for Cubs fans, if Chris Sale pitches on Thursday – that's something that you can look forward to with Chris Sale on the mound. Don't expect to see 97, 98 miles per hour in the fastball, every fastball he throws. He can still get it up there. It's just rare when he wants to do that. So he's going to live 93, 94. He still has his slider, but he's going to start throwing his changeup more. And his changeup lives at 88, 89. And it does have some movement to it, but Danny – if he's living at 91 miles per hour with his fastball against the Cubs and his changeup is 88, 89, right. there's, there's not that much of a difference between the pitches. It, the, the only difference is going to be movement. So in, in that start for Chris Sale, he needs to establish a consistent fastball velocity that probably lives around 94, 95 miles per hour and then try to maybe take advantage of some aggressiveness of the Cubs hitters and throw his changeup more. That's that's something that I'd be looking for as a White Sox fan because he's starting to make that adjustment, but we'll see on Thursday what direction he goes. Well, um, it, it, he's an amazing pitcher. I'm, I'm, I have a ticket for that game, but I unfortunately have to sell it because I have to do something else that night. But hopefully I can make a little money. <laughs> Their tickets are so expensive for the cup, even more expensive at Wrigley Field than they are at uh, Sox Park or the cell. Uh, Lackey, last time out, he gave up uh, three runs in six innings to Milwaukee, two home runs. Uh, Milky, Melky Cabrera is batting 306 and has a fair amount of at bats against him, uh, 36, including a homer and three doubles in those 36 at bats. Uh, but Morneau is uh, has also a lot of uh, has seen Lackey a lot, and that's thirty seven at, at bats. Uh, he's batting two forty three against him, so that's kind of how that's shaken out. It's people that have seen him before, uh, spending so much time in the in the American League. 
Um, so there's the preview. Um, now, can you give me any kind of advice, or not me, just me, but uh, everybody, some advice? About, I know that Connie's Pizza is one of your uh, sponsors for the Southside Sox podcast, and uh, you can park free if you go, go to Connie's Pizza, and then there's a shuttle. Yeah, on, yeah, on their 2373 South Archer Avenue location, you can park for free at Connie's Pizza, and you can take the shuttle to U.S. Sailor Field, and that is free. And you can hop back on the shuttle, and they'll take you back to your car, obviously, at Connie's Pizza. So, yeah, free parking and free shuttle. You can save yourself 20 bucks. And you could also save yourself uh, your uh, car uh, losing all its hubcaps at, well, and on, it, by parking on the street at in the south side. <laughs> if you're trying to look for free parking, I guess, yeah. yeah. You may be parking in some... Uh, in a neighborhood that you don't know where you're parking your car. Yeah. No. It, it's it's not that bad. I, I mean, know. That, I know. I, I scare you. But, I, I just. It I can just. be expensive. It can be expensive to park, though. So oh, and I failed, I failed to mention that game two on Tuesday night is actually bulletproof vest night at yeah. uh, the cell. So show up the first 20,000 fans if you show up early. Um uh, but I know what I did fail to mention is that uh, one of the ugliest T-shirts uh, I've ever seen as a giveaway. It's uh, Chris Bryant does express modeling uh, okay. for the clothing line. And um, they're giving away that for a clothing company to give away a shirt that's really ugly. It just seems like it's going to come back and bite him in the ass at some point because it's it's just it's white. It's, it says the logo. And that's it, you know. And then there's like a Cubs logo. It's so sh- so show up early on Thursday and get that one, Cubs fans, if you're going to the game, because <laughs> it'll be going for like eighty cents on eBay soon. You could buy yourself a pack of gum by selling it. Um, uh, yeah. Any other advice for Cubs fans? Like uh, any new food there? I mean, everybody loves the elote. Yeah. I love the elotes. You know, that's mm-hmm. the corn, the roasted corn with uh, doesn't have cheddar or uh, uh, Parmesan cheese on it. Yeah. Yeah, it has the Mexican cheese. Oh yeah, the the... Mexican powder cheese. I forget what the name of it is. Yeah, mayo. Yeah, it's got it's got all that stuff. Uh, as far as like uh, new food in center field in the concourse of the lower section for the Chicago White Sox, they have a Beggar's Pizza Pub. They call it. It's this new bar that they have in center field, very similar to the Xfinity zone in the down the right field line around section 110 for the White Sox, where it's a big bar and you can get some sandwiches there. In dead center field is Beggar's Pizza, so they have a chicken parmesan sandwich now that's pretty good. Uh, they actually do use garlic bread for the bun, so mm. it's a nice touch. They have toasted ravioli, so for the St. Louis folks that are secretly Cubs fans coming up to Chicago, you get your <laughs> toasted ravioli fix. Uh, the White Sox now have, I think, 36 different types of beers now. Uh, most of those are at the micro beer stand, and you'll know where those are because that's where everybody's standing in line. Uh, and if you don't, if you're too lazy to get out of your seat, uh, it is Miller Lite, MGD, Coors Light for the domestic beers, and the guys with the yellow buckets are selling summer shanties. So those are the four Ugh. types of beers that you could buy in the seats. Uh, the I guess the other common thing too, I, it's good. It's not great. It is good. They have a bacon cheddar dog that's in a pretzel bun. Ooh. The cheese is, is nacho cheese sauce, and they sprinkle bacon on top of it. it. I think it goes for like eight bucks. 
Oh, that actually sounds really good. And and the food is a little bit more reasonably priced. Uh, the beer is a little bit more reasonably priced than it is at Wrigley Field. I actually did catch a game at uh, the cell uh, earlier this year because a friend of mine had uh, some really great seats right behind the White Sox dugout. So, and uh, we had a great time, and the beer selection is really excellent. Um, we had the churros, and uh, they're delicious. We had uh, chocolate churros and regular churros. I mean, there's just a lot of choices of what you can eat at, at the cell, and I think Cub fans, um, you know, we kind of appreciate coming to the South Side sometimes, and because we can't get that because you have to prepare all the food off-premises at Wrigley Field. There's no room to cook anything. Maybe they're right. going to change that when the renovations are done. We don't know, but it's nice, man. I, it is nice having some options like that. I do enjoy sometimes if the game sucks or if it's raining or something, going to one of those restaurants or bars and hanging out. It was a real lifesaver when I went to City Field a couple weeks ago and we sat through three different rain delays and the game was five over five hours long altogether. Um, it was nice to be able to hang out in a bar inside as opposed to just sitting there getting wet and or in the concourse all sweaty with a million people around you that you can't even stand so it's right. a it's a nice park and um, i'm looking forward to going i'm going tomorrow for sure and um hopefully uh we can get a win out of you so oh, i'm sure the cubs will win at least three out of four if not sweep the white Sox. So is, is that your prediction for this uh, next series? Three or four? Yeah, the, uh, the, yeah, the optimistic gonna... uh, uh, prediction? Yeah, you guys can hold on to the BP Cup for a while. Yeah. <laughs> the, <laughs> the prized BP Cup. I, I forgot, actually, that they still do that. And they're going to they're gonna roll it out again. I got to make fun of it again. Uh, yeah, because I, I remember the... Do you remember the BP Cup when they first announced it? Was right uh, during the oil spill? Yeah, it yeah. was horrible. It was really bad timing. <laughs> uh, but nothing was more disastrous than that season for the Chicago Cubs. I believe it was 2013 or 12 or something. I don't remember. But um, speaking of disasters, uh, is uh, Hawk Harrelson still calling games for you guys? I believe he is calling these games, which, okay. is, which is sad because I don't know for Cubs fans that don't watch White Sox games, Jason Benetti has been a breath of fresh air. He's excellent. But I think with the the contract and how it sets up, I believe Hawk Harrelson is calling the Cubs White Sox games. So right. sorry, Cubs fans. Put it on the board. Yes. Can of corn. <laughs> can of corn. Well, um, yeah, no, he drives me nuts. It always has since I was a kid. Uh it, obviously a lot of Cub fans uh have a certain sort of maybe if you're my age, I'm forty two, have a bit of a soft spot for Steve Stone because of his uh playgirl uh centerfold spread. I mean, because uh, of uh, when he used to call games for the Cubs, but uh, but uh, now he seems to really dislike the Cubs. Would you, do you find that to be the case? Uh, I don't think so. No, he tries to be even ground, but there is a difference when Steve Stone is calling games with Hawk Harrelson, and when Steve Stone is calling games with Jason Benetti. He he's better with Benetti, right? Than he is with Hawk. So yeah, man, Benetti's a pro. I mean, in, uh, obviously Hawks like uh, kind of an institution, more of an old school type broadcaster. But uh, yeah, I, I and uh, Benetti's a local guy, right? He's from the Chicago area, I think. Yeah, Homewood Flossmore. Yeah. Well, cool, man. I really appreciate you coming on the show. And uh, since we've talked the first time that we did this, uh, man, how the tables have turned. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yes, they have. But <laughs> it, it'll still be a fun series. But I think from the White Sox point of view, White Sox fans will be paying more attention to the trade rumors than what's actually happening these four games. Yeah, yeah. Well, the Cubs fans are too. I mean, I, everybody's on a roll this Chapman watch right about now. So I was kind of hoping something was going to break while we were talking. But I keep uh, pressing refresh on uh, <laughs> on my Google News here. And uh, the last article looks like in the news feed anyways from the Tribune. It says, final stages in talks to acquire Marquee Closer, Aroldis Chapman. And I, I guess they're ca- talking about Glaber Tor- Torres which is the yes. Cubs Cubs number one prospect. So, but uh role this Chapman's just a rental. So, and a wife beater. Well, it was his yeah. girlfriend. It was his girlfriend. It doesn't count as much, right? No, just kidding. Yeah. Just kidding. Um anyway, no, it's great to be on the show and thanks for having me on, Danny. Yeah, man. Thanks and I really appreciate you coming on and I and you're just such an informative person. You know your shit and I always love talking to you. It, it you definitely elevate um my game when I talk to you. I knew I I had to, I knew I had to come on prepared with some stats and some ideas. (laughs) I'm like, well, because I'm such a homer for the Cubs, you know, so I knew that I at least had to come on with, uh, with uh, at least knowing who was on the White Sox as opposed to last time, which I was like, I don't fucking care. (laughs) So, well, Well, thanks for having me on. I greatly appreciate it. I really appreciate it. You have a great night and let's have fun this series. Go Cubs. All right. Go White Sox? <laughs> Why not? You you, you got to cheer for them even if you don't think they're going to win. Right. So it'll be fun. All right. Thanks. Great talking to you. Spugog! All the out-of-town baseball fans juggle and scoff When they see Wrigley's bathrooms and pee in the trough I guess they must be pee-shy and Troughs hold the secret that nobody knows. Cause when the games ended, guess where the pee goes? Did you ever consider that maybe perhaps they reuse what you peed and then fill up the taps? The Budweiser taps! No Budweiser. Drink the goose island of Frosty my tie. But that pissy old beer is what I'm gonna buy. Yeah, I always drink bud when watching the Cubs play. Harry Carey, whatever wanted me to.
Xbox. He lives in the stands. He lives in the bleachers, in the hearts of the fans. He lives in the Ivy. He lives in the bridge. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com slash match. Just go to indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. (laughs) I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. 
Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. I normally find bras to be so uncomfortable and constricting. But Skims has changed that. You know I love Skims underwear, so I finally tried their bras, and Skims has delivered again. Skims bras are worth the hype for the amazing shape and support they give, but what I wasn't expecting was how comfortable they are too. I've tried so many bras in the past, and the main issue that I have is that they weren't supportive enough, to the point where they felt slouchy. I love my Skims wireless form bra because it's so comfortable and supportive. The older I get, the more I care about actually being comfortable in what I wear every day. And with my wireless form bra, I no longer have to sacrifice my comfort for the support I need. Shop Skims Bras at Skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A to 46H. Plus, get free shipping on all orders over $75. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select Podcast in the survey, and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows.